0: are you ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of it's all possible a bigger audience more impact and a new revenue stream we'll
1: show you how I'm Jenny Barcelos and I'm Sandy Connery and this is the soulful MBA podcast <laughs> Everyone. Welcome to the Soulful MBA Podcast Office Hours Edition. Today's episode is part two of last week's office hours, which is about online challenges. So in today's episode, we are going to dive in to some tactics to help you structure a successful email challenge. So I'm Jenny Barcelos and I'm joined with my co-host Sandy Connery. Hey Sandy. Hi, everybody. We're gonna talk about how to structure a successful email challenge and how to make sure that you're not putting a ton of time into something that's not gonna pan out for you in your business.
0: Yeah, that's not what we want you to do. The first point is that you need to figure out what is it that your audience wants to learn from you? What is it that they need? So you need to start talking to your clients, your students, maybe do polls, maybe talk to your existing in-person clients, look at what videos they're watching of yours, look at blog posts that are read of yours. And if you have a Facebook, start polling them, asking them, what do they need? I think most teachers probably have a pretty good idea of what their students want, but you don't want to make the mistake of creating a challenge on topic X when they really want topic Y.
1: Yeah, and the next tip that we want to give you is to make sure that your challenge is unique. So it doesn't have to be absolutely unique. There can be other similar challenges out there, but this putting on a challenge is a really good way to find new people, to get new subscribers onto your list. And so you need a way to differentiate yourself from other folks who are doing the same thing out there online. So if you can find a special twist to put on a topic for a challenge or a special length or something unique about what you're doing so that it sets you apart, that would be particularly useful. Like, for example, we don't know of any other 40-day social media challenges, although I'm sure there are some maybe
0: yeah i think and also a a point about that is to niche down like don't be afraid to make it super specific to a very specific specific audience so an example on our software namastream we have someone who teaches yoga to swimmers yeah i love that i love that so that's not a challenge but just to show you like don't be afraid to go small right and you probably will attract more than if you make it too broad in general
1: Yeah. And we always say like, don't do a seven day green smoothie challenge, right? Because those are all over the place. And so if you are a nutritionist or you are a yoga teacher that has a nutrition practice as well, or a health coaching practice, try to think about what you can do. So, you know, maybe can you fit in the word detoxify or can you fit it in around a particular time of year? Or can you fit it in around seasonal produce? Like what can you do that's going to make that offering seem irresistible to your followers and to your prospective followers out there on social media.
0: Yeah, and the next point is uh, keep your challenge short and make it very doable. So think about the length. Um, If you just do a one or two day challenge, there isn't much there and you're not gonna get the rapport built that we discussed last week. If it's too long, it becomes too difficult. People lose interest or just not able to follow along and you'll lose them that way. So that kind of sweet spot is around seven to 10 days, and make sure that people can do it in a day. Don't create the challenge that they need to spend two hours a day you know, doing the challenge. Make it kind of um, an exercise somewhere in the 10 to 15 minutes per day. I mean, our challenges, I think, were longer than that uh, as far as like the, the amount, uh, amount of work each day. So it depends on what you're teaching, but just think about who your uh, ideal client is and what their lifestyle is like, how many kids they have, how much spare time they have, and make sure that they are successful at your challenge.
1: Yeah, and we've recently, we've gone way shorter than this number of days mm-hmm. and way longer, too. So we've had six great success with a five-day challenge and, like we said last week, with a 40-day challenge. So just go with the rule of thumb, though, of seven to 10 days. I mean, we are more than one person. We're a team. You know, We're a partnership and a team. And so for us to put on a 40-day challenge is maybe a little more realistic than you if you're a solopreneur, because I guarantee you as a single person will not want to do that. So yeah. make it short and doable for both your yourself as well as your followers. And the other piece that's important here is is to make sure that it's long enough, though, so that they see a result at the end of it. So you want to take people on a journey from start to finish throughout a challenge. And so if that only takes three days or five days, that's fine. You're probably going to have more work in each of those days than if it's a 10-day challenge where you can spread the workout. So just start to think about the real point. I mean, you have this underlying goal of building your email list, but the real point is to help your followers in your community achieve something in the span of a challenge.
0: And if they're successful, then you're setting them up to purchase from you when it comes time. Yep, absolutely. Da, 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 da.
1: This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. Okay, and the next point we want to give you is to promote. So this is It's a lot of work to put on a challenge, we're not gonna lie. And so this is where you invest your time and money in list building. Like This is the best thing, in my mind, you can invest, like the best strategy or tactic that you can use to grow your email list fast. So if if you're on the fence or considering spending money on Facebook ads, this is a good time to do that. Um, Post promos to Instagram, be doing Insta stories every day, start a challenge-specific Pinterest board, Maybe create a series of YouTube videos. Like, this is where you promote the heck out of it. If you have a hello bar on your website, advertise your challenge there. Tell everyone under the sun that you have a challenge because it's free and you know that you're building it with integrity and you're building it with real results that you can promise people if they participate and fully follow along.
0: Yeah. And then you also want to make sure that there is some kind of interactivity happening. So, you might think that you'll do a five-day challenge, write all the, f- the five emails, and then step back and not do anything. And that's not going to work. You need to be involved and interacting with your participants, as well as you'll get a better result if you can get your participants to interact with each other. So something like maybe you do do it on Instagram and have people you know, posting their photos of whatever it is they're doing and then with a certain hashtag so that, you know, you everyone can find each other's uh, photos or maybe you use your Facebook group, but you want people to feel like they're part of a bigger thing than just them doing it by themselves. And also, if they can see what everyone else is doing, it provides a lot of motivation. And if you're in there again, and and commenting and helping and advising you're just as we talked last week you are helping to establish your expertise
1: yes absolutely and i will say just a point of distinction here so you can run challenges live which is what we recommend you can also Mm -hmm. run them as evergreen challenges where they're just always available as an opt-in on your website for example or as a link in your instagram bio we have had challenges both ways. And I will say that the live challenges perform significantly better because of this community aspect. So when people are going through something together, it builds camaraderie. People are able to answer each other's questions. You're able to be more fully present because it's for a specific period of time. Um, If you wanted to create an an evergreen challenge, it's certainly possible. I would do it live first. First, yeah. And then turn that one that you've done live into something that is an evergreen opt-in. And I would take away the promise of the community and the camaraderie if you do that, because quite honestly, it won't be a part of that sort of a challenge.
0: Yeah, and the other part of doing it live that we found is that because we were watching everyone doing everything, and we saw the questions come in, uh, that we would change our emails as we went or add information um, to help. So if we saw some confusion around how to get a Canva image onto your phone, you know, we would, the next day, we would like put a help doc or an explanation video on how to do that. So you learn a lot by doing it live. I would never start with just a, an evergreen challenge. Yeah, because you don't know what people want. You don't know. So the last point we want to make is that once your challenge is over, don't just walk away. Make sure that you follow up with the people who participated. And whether you're going to make an offer to them or not, you need to acknowledge the end of the challenge. So it may be just a thanks, that was fun, hope you found this, and then maybe lead them to a Facebook group or maybe some blog posts or something. Um, or just a simple thank you, or you may actually tell them about another program or course or class or next step for them. And you can also consider pulling them too and just say asking questions like what they liked about the challenge, what could have um, been done better, what they didn't like, what didn't work, what did work, so that for the next time around, you're ready to improve it. And
1: that's it for office hours this week. Before we go, we wanted to share a reminder that we have a free upcoming workshop coming up on January 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific. And it's a workshop all about identifying and creating your quintessential business. So this is driven from a place of us encountering a number of people who are building businesses by sort of looking out and seeing what others are doing and trying to create something that, looks a lot like what they're seeing others do. And we want to make sure that for longevity's sake and for your own happiness, to be honest, that you're creating something that's deeply aligned with your own core values and structured in a way that fits your lifestyle based on how much time you have daily or weekly to work, whether you have children or not. And so we're going to be hosting this free workshop for anyone who's interested in diving into an online business and wanting to make sure that they're doing it from the place of alignment. And also for folks who already have an online business, but who are feeling maybe a little bit like you're floundering. So we would love for you to participate. You can register for our free workshop at soulful.mba slash QB. Q for quintessential, B for business. And we will see you on January 24th.
0: Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba slash sample.